On the new Soul Knowledge series, we had the lovely pleasure to sit and have an intimate dialogue with a power couple that represents unity, education, and overall love. I am so excited to share this story of two amazing individuals coming together and working as a team, all for the impactfulness, the education of our youth, our future, once we align that as the principal foundation, this world then gets smoother as the days go. I'm so excited to share this story with you all. Tune in, tap in, and get your notepads ready. Let's get it. Well, my name is Cecily Owens. I am originally from Ypsilanti, Michigan, um, and we've been here in Atlanta for about five years. All right, and my name is Najee Owens. Uh, I am from all over the United States. Um, I actually went to four different high schools in four different states. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say that I'm partially from Chicago, Illinois, which is from where my father is from, and then I would probably say Orlando, Florida, which is where my mother is from. Really? All over the state? <laughs> so how did you guys meet? We met in college. Um, we met at Talladega College, my alma mater, and we actually met the f like within the first three days. One day we said we we're going to tell the story on camera, but we have two different versions. So um, <laughs> it was a uh, I I think I technically saw him first. Um, we were just at a quick store, and like he had just kind of like breezed by, and I was like, wait, what was that? Or who was that? And, but I turned around and tried to look for him and could not find him. And then the next time we saw each other was he came up with a grand idea <laughs> to um, raid all the girls' dorms. So like I guess him and a bunch of other, I don't know, boys from, from the, they all were bored. So they came and they uh, ransacked our dorms they were beating on our doors and then the minute he beat on my door i'm telling my side of the story <laughs> <laughs> he knocked on my door i opened the door and he just like paused and it was like a, a really slow motion type of moment oh wow in real life <laughs> in real life right <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh yeah so that's that's pretty much how we met and um you know we were best friends for you know years and we just kind of had this on and off thing for a long time until we decided to um get a serious mm -hmm. really yeah. so what was the pause what were you thinking in your <laughs> mind when you just had to take a moment to breathe yeah the type of person i am i typically don't believe in love at first sight but I will tell you after that kind of so real moment, um, that's kind of what it felt like. So she's right. Um, it was the first day of school and our first day of college. And I got the rest of the boys together and I was like, hey, y'all want to go, you know, introduce ourselves to the ladies. <laughs> so, you know, back then, freshman dorms, you know, the boys are supposed to stay with the boys and girls with the girls. But I was like, we're going to mix today. And it's the first day I can say I didn't know. Yes. 
So um, I got them together and we were knocking on doors and some girls would pop out and open up the door and like, what are you doing here? You need to leave. And some were coming out looking like, hey, but I just kept running or, you know, kept moving my way down. But she's right. When I stopped and knocked on her door, she opened up the door and like something magically or universally like drew me back to her. And when I seen her, I did just pause for a moment. And she misses one piece of the story. Her roommate at that time was one of the rude girls. <laughs> and she's like, what do you want? And close the door and yep. shut it. And yep. I was like, well, I guess that's it. And I, you know, went about, went about my day. Um, but seeing her at that moment, I would probably say it was like uh, love at, at first sight. Wow, that is so beautiful. But I love how you mentioned it really started by being friends first. Mm -hmm. How important is it to establish that solid foundation? Sorry about that and actually add one more story to that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to be friends because um, love is is uh, sometimes challenging. And I say that because we look at love as a choice. You have to make, and that's what she taught me many years ago. You have to make a choice of love someone because of course in the honeymoon phase or when they're looking really nice or when on their best days you love them. But when you have those challenging times, you know, which human beings, uh, because we're different, are gonna go through, that's when you have to choose to love them, you know, despite how you're emotionally feeling at that moment. So being friends started early. So one more story when we were in college, uh, we had our math class. It was our first day of math class. <laughs> and the classroom was like overcrowded. I don't know what they did, but they brought in too many students in this one particular classroom. And I got there kind of late myself, but there were two seats at the back of the classroom. So I sat down and I was like, you, and I somehow knew you were in that class. My best friend was in that Destiny. Your, okay, your best friend told her that she was in that class. And I was like, oh, she is? So I was like, I'm gonna capitalize on this. I gotta do something to stand out amongst these other guys, you know, and this beautiful woman here. I'm sure other guys are looking too. Yeah. So I, uh, I sat down in my seat and then I held her seat and there were literally people standing up on the side of the classroom you know looking for a seat and I'm like no no you can't get this one and literally she comes in a little late and I'm like hey hey back here back here <laughs> you know so that was kind of starting our friendship yeah. I'm looking out for her you know to make sure she has a seat and she doesn't have to stand up in her you know first day of math class so building that uh, friendship and I'll let her kind of jump in too but I think building that friendship is important and even today I mean you know I can uh, gracefully say this, I still fall in love with her every single day. Um, you know, because she's not only my wife and the mother of my kids and my business partner, you know, my heart, my love, but she's also my friend. So I think that friendship helps, yeah. you know, keep you a long lasting, happy relationship. And as of today, we've been together for over 16 years. Talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> I think from my standpoint, one, starting off as friends, but there's, I guess, layers of foundation that I stay with. It is one, laying the foundation of communication and then laying the foundation early on of trust. Like you have, even as friends, you have to trust each other. So um, I won't continue to tell story after story, but you know, along our ride, there were many moments where, you know, we're we're young so we're still kind of living life how we want to live it i mean we're, we're we're friends but we also have huge crushes on each other you know but then there's other people around and you were at first we we're fresh in college so you know i think the first thing that we did there was a moment where it was me i was the first person that did something really ridiculous it wasn't that bad but and i and you know naji had to ask me he's like hey did you do this and i was like yeah i did I did. And 
immediately and at this point the reason why I did that was because like you know what I did something that was on you know my own and it was really it was really simple it was just we were on the phone and I was sleepy and I, I actually called him like somebody else's name <laughs> that's all it was we were just on the phone and you yes. know kind of chit-chatting or whatever but he's like did you just call me this person and I was like yeah I did <laughs> but the reason why I decided to be honest and we came and talked about it the next day but I think what honesty does is it gives the other person the choice. You know, we make mistakes when you're in relationships. Yeah. It's never gonna be perfect. But oftentimes you do do something, even unintentionally, that hurts the other person. But if you're honest about it, you give that person the chance to decide what they then wanna do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they come back to you, then you guys continue to build from that. But I think that's the one thing that me and Najee have always had. And, you know, we have 16 years. We've definitely had a lot of ups and downs. But I would say the one thing I feel like that has held us is the fact that under no circumstance will we lie to each other. It's, it's hard as it is. It's hard as it is. But we go back to that friendship. Like, you know what? I care about you too much. And I did this or, you know, you know, I did this to him or he did this to me. And we just have to be honest about it and then I'm gonna let you choose now what you want to do do you still want to be with me and talk to me and most of the time you respect that person so much that they they come back and that's pretty much kind of what it's been with us so communication friendship and trust trust is a huge thing how do we do it though how do we trust someone I think you trust someone by one trusting yourself and i feel like again we all have choices so one i trust myself and it is a choice to trust the other person but you ask yourself okay you know what i'm gonna give or you tell this person i'm gonna give you a reason to trust me so if you can trust me then that's that's first so again being open and being honest and then asking that person, will they do the same? And it's their building blocks, small building blocks. So literally the, that, that small incident, the very first incident we had where we had to say, okay, you know what? I did something, gosh, I did something was really crazy, but I want you to be able to trust me. So I'm owning what I did. Owning what you do and you know, it should at least give the other person the ability to say, okay, she's honest with me, I can be honest with her or vice versa. It's just small things. Yes. It's, it's not like, a, okay, I trust you. Small experiences is what builds trust and those choices that you make in those, in those experiences. Wow, that is so powerful. Can you touch on like how important it is to take accountability, especially for yourself and in relationships? It's something that at this point I've just gotten used to because every time you take accountability, it always ends up working in your favor. I think taking accountability is almost a part of taking control. So, and we do it in business too. You do it in relationships. I did it with my daughter, you know, last night um, as a friend, as a wife, as a business partner, as a mother, you don't get things right all the time. 
it's it's just too much going on in life for you to get it to get it right and then that's how you learn I personally love to take accountability mm -hmm. one because it makes me take a step back it's a learning experience so you know I had a situation with my daughter where you know me and her were out and she had my phone and my husband called three times when she gave my phone back I saw the missed call and I was like Melody why would you do that why didn't you answer the phone for your dad because you had the phone and she was just like I'm sorry mom I'm sorry and I was like oh you know you really shouldn't do that and I'm you know kind of talking to her heavy about it and then when I get home I realized that she just she didn't she didn't um we, we were at a place where we couldn't answer the phone mm. and so instead of answering it she texts him but I didn't see the text message so I literally woke up this morning and I apologized to my daughter wow. you know for that and that's taking accountability and what it does is it gives you power but it also gives the other person power there's so there's so much strength and there's so much just growth and accountability I look forward to these moments where I have to say, okay, you know what guys, it's my fault because then I can learn from that. And then surprisingly, going back to trust, the people around you in your circle start to trust you more. And even your daughter will like trust you just by you simply apologizing as a parent. Mm -hmm. Which who, I, I often don't see parents apologize to their kids, but I'm an advocate for it. Yes, why is that do you think? I think because you have to real we're not perfect like we make mistakes there's no rule book to parenting and yeah I watched my mom I watched my dad raise me he watched his parents raise him but we have our own experience and even in your own experience you don't get things right all the time so when I apologize to my child one it allows her to learn empathy it allows her to learn that you know what nobody's perfect not even mom and dad and it really encourages her and it gives her power and it me and her do it all the time I apologize to her she'll apologize to me you know and we we really do it as a family it just um, it really shows her actual strength like the strength is when you're being vulnerable not when you're being tough so I think that, and you know, she woke up when I literally woke up, went in her room and did that. And she was, it just made her day. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And I, Najee, I would love to get your input on like vulnerability, especially as a man. Mm -hmm. How do you express your vulnerability? Whew, like you said, as a man, <laughs> that is, a, <laughs> that is a, uh, a, a tough thing to do, but I would say that I express my vulnerability similar to like Cecily said, when I make a mistake, I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and admit it, you know, and although it may not make me feel good inside, I'm showing that I'm vulnerable, but I also think that that shows that I care, you know, like she said, that you can trust me. Um, so I think man, you know, um, as we were talking about before, opening up to different responsibilities and different aspects of being a man nowadays, you know, I, I, I thought that too. When Cecily and I first met, I was like, hey, I'm this big, strong man. I'm going to protect and I'm going to provide. But, you know, at, at some point, I'll say our relationship changed where she was providing, you know, and I maybe was still protecting, but she was, you know, providing financially and and stuff so now I have to do other things so now I cook you know and I clean and, and in your case as you're asking I'm also vulnerable too so 
Um, I think that it just helps grow the relationship. And it's another aspect or if you look at it, another tool in your toolbox, you know, to make your relationship better. So that is just so amazing how the paradigm is shifting when it comes to how men should be and how women should be, especially in the dynamic of relationships. Can you, I would love for you to give us some advice for other men to broaden their horizons and think bigger than the programming that a lot of us have been brainwashed to believe men should not cry, mm. men should not be vulnerable, men mm. should not cook, right. silly <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, I would start by saying the best way to do that is communication. Um, I've seen that be like the foundation or a cornerstone to our relationship. So I would encourage a man to sit down with their spouse and communicate with them. Um, because we as men may say, all right, you know, I heard Najee, I heard someone else say they're going to start cooking, so I start cooking. Or I'm being vulnerable, or they just start crying for no reason, <laughs> right? I think that you've got to find what works uh, for you in your relationship. And the biggest thing is communication, communicating and talking with your spouse. Uh, so many times, um, you know, even in my family, you know, the father would come is the is what we have it kind of viewed as in, in our culture. The father will come home from work. He says, I'm tired. The wife cooks. You know, everybody crowds around the man. They go to sleep. And, you know, that's kind of what we just expect. And men are not supposed to share their feelings. They're not supposed to check up on their kids. They're not supposed to kiss their kids, you know, before they go to bed. So I think I, I would say maybe a, a good start of that is just communicating with your spouse and find out what works for you all. And um, in there, you'll find different roles now that you can take uh, part of. And then also you'll find out that you can relieve some of that onto your spouse. Like I said, at some point uh, in our you know journey to success, my wife was the, she wore the pants in the house. You know, she was the financial provider. There was a time when she was bossing us all around. And I was like, well, mom said, you know, and I, <laughs> I took the second role, you know, gracefully. But then I think because we communicated, you know, as as a good thing now i would say i wear the pants again but she's giving that back to me and she's comfortable with it you know versus me always leading or you know us having this tuggle uh this struggle to go back and forth between who's you know who's doing what so um i would say yeah start with communication and then you'll find out that there are a lot of other things that men could do to help you know be just as strong as important uh, in yeah, the household for sure along with that that's why we, I think we've been able to make it to where we are today and why you know we actually can function as business partners because we allow that you have to have flexibility in your relationship mm -hmm. you know like word. yeah i think yeah. a relationship is like it's a lot like putty you know it's it can be molded into different things and in, in different points in your guys's lives together you know there was one point of time where when we had our when we had our daughter where um i'll never forget one last story um but we were having our daughter and i was really struggling um you know trying to feed and you know what my body was going through at the time and i'll never forget i you know she woke up in the middle of the night and it was time for me to feed her and i was so exhausted but Najee, he didn't just like look at me and just roll over and was like hey look you got the baby i'm not worried about it he actually got up with me mm. and it was so hard for me to sit up at that time he literally sat me up and he put his back on my back so i can like lay my head and rest while i while i feed her and those are kind of one of those defining moments of when someone literally has your back wow. you know <laughs> through 
through everything. So it's like when I'm weak, you know, you're strong and vice versa. And that's going to happen in the relationship. And I don't, I don't want to put any rules on our relationship that says, oh, you're the man. You have, so what are you going to do? Exactly. You have to provide. I have a desire to save him. Mm. I want to be his superhero when he needs it. So whenever he's down or not, he doesn't even have to be down. Uh, I remember one time specifically, there was an opportunity for him. And, but that opportunity, he had to, you know, he had to leave his job where he was. And I wanted to take that on because I believed in him so much. So it's like, you know what? You have potential, you have something and I want you to go for it. So, all right, let's just move some things around, figure some stuff out, but we do it as a team. And that's why, because we had to work together as a team in our personal lives, is why we're able to be so flexible and balance our now professional lives. We, you know, we always pretty much work separate. This is our first couple of years working together as this, you know, team, but it's, it doesn't feel any different. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> and knowing that we all have different seasons, we all have different elements where we can lead and we can like allow each other to play their role, play their position. And before we transition to the business side that I'm so excited about, the choice to love and how did you teach love? What does that look like? What lessons can you give us so we all can learn how to love? I think I had to accept loving him first and not getting it back the way that I wanted Ooh, initially. That's powerful. <laughs> that's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and you know, I'm gonna go right back to trust. Najee comes from a very hard exterior in his background. So his life was in one direction and my life was another. We were raised completely differently. So I, you know, wanted this fairy tale love and he's like, girl, please. You know, that doesn't happen anywhere. Right. <laughs> exactly. Pop our bubble real quick. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but I, I, Again, I he had it was just this guy with potential and one thing about him he was very kind. Mm -hmm. As rough and tough as he was, he was so he was so kind. Mm -hmm. And so and I knew that okay, we have something here and I think in order to I don't want to say the word teach love. I think teaching love is giving love even when if it's not being given back to you mm -hmm. at yeah. the moment. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do that. Now. They don't. They ain't listen, that unconditional love. Yes. There, you're listen, and it it takes patience. And I'm not saying because there are instances where it's like I love you so much, and you just keep doing this to me, doing this to me, doing that to me. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Because you also have to love you. You also have to set limits. You have to love yourself. Mm -hmm. But you have to love yourself and trust your spouse enough. Like one thing, I I trusted him. Me and him were always honest with each other. We communicated with each other. You know, so. I had my reasons to love him and give him more love because he was doing everything right. He wasn't, he wasn't doing anything that was, you know, ill towards me. He just didn't know how to love. He wasn't a romantic. He wasn't affectionate. So, okay. I show him, this is actually what I like. And there were many times where I would say, 
I was the one saying I love you first. <laughs> and sometimes there were times he was like, it would be, I love you. And then he'd be like, love you too. <laughs> you know, when you don't put that I in front of us, that I, for whatever reason, is really significant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Love me like what? So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think the power that love provides, you're right. It's a choice. And I chose that I'm going to, I'm going to love him. I'm gonna, my love is going to push him into a corner, mm-hmm. and, you know, until he, until he breaks. Wow. And, and, you know, luckily he did. <laughs> Tell us about how it feels to be loved by a black woman. Oh, my gosh. And this is like a really strong, powerful black woman. When she oh. loves, you feel the weight of it. I always uh, joke with her because she's right. I came from, uh, I'm going to use her words, rough and tough upbringing and maybe rough and tough neighborhoods. And I hadn't really felt love. Um, I think this is okay for me to say. Even growing up, my mother and father wouldn't tell me that they love me. And I don't think that it's not because they didn't, you know, just their upbringing too. So when I had this uh, beautiful queen here, you know, not only telling me that she loved me, but showing me that she loved me and I felt it, you know, kind of from the universe. Um, it, it was tough at first because I didn't know what to think of it. You know, it was a new feeling and I didn't know how to accept it. And where I come from, um, you know, unfortunately, people will befriend you just so that they can, you know, stab you in the back. So I've always had this. Oh, what's your you know, what's your real motive or what? I'm just waiting for you to do something wrong. So it, it took me a while. And I, I, when we first started, she would say, like, I had a wall up. So I have this little wall up and, you know, I was like, yep, I do. And I'm not letting you break through. So um, first I had to say, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And that's kind of going back to being vulnerable. Yeah. I had to be vulnerable because I, I understand when you give someone your heart, that's when they can really tear it apart. You know, like yes. if I always yeah. kept that wall up and there's, you know, if she did something to me, you know, you'd be sad for a day or two, but you can get over it. But once you give someone your heart now, every single thing she does, every single thing she says, you know, it really affects me because you're, you know, you're, you're tugging at my heart. So, um, I would say one, you have to be like open to receive that love. Cause that was something new to me. And, you know, for, for those that haven't, and then I think I want to add another piece, um, to like teaching love. And then she's, she's like great at it. I, I think I was saying I've even called her at some point like an angel because yeah. she has this extra, you know, when a lot of people I brought around my wife, I'm like, this, this woman is special. Like she can change her life. <laughs> when I was growing up, I would have like thing after thing after thing, you know, just happen. And that's life. But ever since I've got with her and I've, you know, become vulnerable and accepted love and we're givers, we you know we would give. And even if someone is doing something wrong to us, I would be like, baby, let me, you know, let me show you how I can get them back kind of my street way, so to speak. And she's like, no, 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 Najee. You know, she wouldn't use these words, but she's like, almost kill them with kindness. And you continue to be nice regardless. And we've always won that way. I've never seen it come back and be the opposite. But uh, just speaking to kind of loving them where they are, um, I wasn't perfect when I first met her. And I actually had my first child uh, when I was in high school, when I was 18 years old. And uh, Cecily met me, you know, as I'm kind of having that child. And she loved me not only, you know, with me having that child. And I had to deal with that. I'm a great father. I told her I'm not leaving my kids. You know, I can't can't do that. Nor the woman that, you know, that I had the kid with. So kind of long story short to fast forward that, like her and the first mother of my kids are actually like best friends. Wow. (laughs) I know I'm probably opening up. to be, you know. 
it, we are family. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So that's her just like loving me for all that I am. And then also me willing to let her love me. And then after some time, I brought the wall down and now I love her the same. And I would do anything for this woman. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Y'all give me chills over here. <laughs> I think so I want to point this out. That's another thing, too. With men, you have... I think men naturally have a wall because again, they're meant to be the protectors. And that is just kind of that innate thing that's inside of them. And when you decide that you're going to love someone and you say, okay, I'm going to put that wall down. Can you imagine how much courage Mm. that took? It takes so much And how much, it, it's fear, it's just like, you just wide open. You surrender. So you surrender. <laughs> exactly. You surrender. And you're like, listen, at any moment, you could do something that could hurt me. Mm -hmm. You, but I'm going to still open up myself to you. It's a risk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a risk that you're taking. But that patience you guys had that you had before the communication, the trust that you guys built over time. It's an overtime thing. When he had his kids, we were, st we were still friends. And I think another thing that I just, I wanna point out, just a little note for any, anybody that's dealing with someone that has children that are not by you. I think the one thing for me, you know, obviously it wasn't perfect in the beginning, but one thing I told myself is that this man wants to be a father. Mm -hmm. So he puts those kids first. He put the kids before he put me. And I had to, I had to accept that. And not only did I accept it, I got on board because I respected it. And it made me respect him more. And so I was like, okay, you know what? If a father is first to you, then guess what? The mother of your children has to be at a high level. So I have to respect her. Under no circumstance would I ever disrespect her mm. no matter how I felt you know in the moment or you know different things would go on I'm still not gonna disrespect you because bottom line that's the father of your you know kids mm. so because of that you know and again it, it took time it took time but we're all one blended family now we can um, a few years back and we're actually planning for this year we did Christmas together because we want all the we want everybody to be together we don't want people to miss moments you know, we don't have to take turns. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I love, I love hanging out with her. Um, we have our, we, me and her take trips together. Listen, bye. <laughs> Leave the kids, you know? <laughs> but yeah, but because of that, because we have so much love, our kids have that freedom. They make a joke and say it's a little bit harder because they have four parents. Four yeah, parents, it takes yeah. a village. That's yeah. all it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, I mean, it's a whole collaborative thing. Yeah. But the reason why is because, you know, you choose to, you, you, you allow love to lead. Wow. Even in those initial, like, you know, you have those emotions, right? Where you're like, uh-uh, mm -mm, I don't like that. Don't, mm-mm. Or you have an attitude. Mm -hmm. We all have that. Mm -hmm. But taking a step back and always knowing who you are and what you want the end goal to be 
that helps you react and make better decisions, which I think is kind of what we've been able to do. Yeah, you guys took your ego out the situation. <laughs> oh yeah. Straight with love. Yeah, that that's that's a good one. A great dynamic. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing that. I want to transition to the powerhouse that you guys are impacting lives and creating. Please tell us about the new adventure that you guys are taking on on the business side. Y'all getting Money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. That's like that's his subject. Let's get ready to talk about that. He's like, all right, enough of this. <laughs> so, so you want me to go? Okay. Talk about um, it. Talk about it. Get into it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll wait to get into the business. I want you to maybe share the story about what like brought us together. Kind of talk about how before we were like doing our own separate things. I was off, you know, doing real estate investing and she was doing her thing, starting businesses. Kind of speak to how we came together and, and then I'll jump in. <laughs> okay, how we, how we came together? So. Yeah, like what made us want to come together? Okay, so during the pandemic, you know, everybody was really kind of going through it mentally. And, um, we both had you know lost our job so at that point we were like well who in the world is gonna provide and it was just so tough mentally for us one of the things that we like to do is we call them our halftime breaks so um our home you know we live in atlanta but our hearts are set in orlando florida so we always go to florida just to have a little break so you know we came together one day and it was really kind of like an epiphany you know we just kept talking about oh, you should do this and you should do this and I think you should do this and he's like oh well, no you got to do this and you got to do this and we're just like we have the same goal so why aren't we working together why are we doing this separate and it really was like a huge aha moment in this what we call a halftime we just took a break and we just decided to think like it just doesn't make any sense because we have one goal and that's you know again to be like this you know couple and we so many years we built so many years of working together i think that's one thing about me and him that we do excel at is our communication mm -hmm. um and so it really was just an epiphany moment and yeah that's when we decided like you know what let's let's try to come together to do this come on yeah <laughs> It was scary. We was like, okay, well, how are we going to do it now? Yes. But, you know, over time. Yeah. So I'll maybe uh, express our first adventure and then I'll let you kind of ask more questions. So, again, like she said, it was during the pandemic and we were thinking like we're great separate and, you know, we had been working together. But what if we came together on one specific project? Mm. Um, so I've, I've been doing a lot of real estate investing. We've done a couple fix and flips together back in um, Orlando. And my mother came to us and she wants to do a real estate investment deal. And I was telling her, like, with real estate, uh, deals you work on them for about six months you know you get a big check but then you got to go look for another deal so like why not do something different where we acquire a business and uh, Cecily has some experience in the childcare space her family uh, has done that for many years and my mother's uh, worked in, in childcare for about 30 years herself so I was like why not uh, you know mom and Cecily but mostly my mother why don't we come together and make one of your goals come true which is owning a childcare center so we've got her out there calling agents and calling brokers and you know looking for a good child care center and then um unbeknown to us we get this opportunity to be the owners of a montessori school wow 
and um, we have a little bit familiarity with uh, Montessori and we done we did a little bit of research and I was like this is it I mean like you said financially <laughs> the numbers were there so that was great but then also the impact uh, Montessori and what they teach and how they teach the children I think is amazing so we're able to come together and um, we are working on our second year now of being owners of a Montessori school and we're doing it together yeah. she is considered a director and she handles the day-to-day -day operations well she assists as a director. We have a director in place, but yeah. she handles the day-to-day -day operations, and I'm like the finance guy. I make sure that the numbers make sense. Wow. I want to say, say this, too, to add to the story. Initially, because it's just the truth, it's our story, I was not on board. Yeah. yeah. When he brought the opportunity, his mom and him brought the opportunity to me, I was like, no guys no guys now this is a school this is i was but i was speaking out of fear mm. i was speaking out of so much fear because i you know watched my family run a child care center um my aunt and my grandmothers worked in schools and you know so many cousins and family that has been in the education system so i understood the severity of what we were really getting ourselves into well, at the time, I, it was a they <laughs> getting their selves into. And I was like, no, guys, no, 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 I can't do it. But we were walking one day in our neighborhood, and my husband said, you know what? He's like, oh, he's like, you are, you're scared, aren't you? I was like, yeah, like, I, this is, I don't, I don't know. I'm really nervous about this guy. I'm really nervous. And he was like, oh, he's like, well, you know what? He's like, that's a good thing, because if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Mm. <laughs> and the minute he said that, I was like, <laughs> well, there, I, well, well, there we are. So, so now we have to do it. Um, so while they were working on the deal at that time, I had just started working again. You know, this is like a little bit. We're getting towards the end of the pandemic. So I started working again, and we were struggling so much. And I said, all I wanted to do, my goal was initially. I just want to be able to save enough money just to pay my mortgage off for a year. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to do. And I want to do that all over again. And, but I know we needed funds for the business. So I literally saved, when I say every penny, I literally meant every penny. I was working from home. I, there was no need for me to drive anywhere. I would put maybe a sm very small amount of money aside, just, you know, groceries, gas, the essentials. But every, all of my checks literally mm -hmm. went into you know, my savings account. And when it was time, I gave him everything wow. to invest in the business. Wow. But goes back to that relationship trust thing, which we won't get into. We went past that. But, um, you know, it's... That is really trusting. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was. But, you know, thank God for him because I've been able to um, recoup my investment What? How many times it's like been? That's a good question. I don't know. Well, Come I'm on. yeah. <laughs> however much I am, yeah. <laughs> however much I am, I invested. I, I've, I've been able to really, really, really get my money back and then some. So it's been, yeah. Tell us a little bit of more about like I feel like fear is the biggest illusion. How did you move away from fear and step into courage like that? Mm. Whew. Um. It's just, it's gritting your teeth. And it's going back and thinking of all the times that you've had to be tough before. So it's just taking a moment and recollecting. You know, we've had so many moments where we went in with fear 
and we got through it. And then you had another moment where you were in fear, but you got through it. Sometimes we don't put ourselves in that position. Life puts us in positions where we have to be, where we're in a fearful situation. Even if it can be something as simple as a new job, moving to a new state, heck, having a child. You're never prepared. You know, you can, you can only be so prepared for those type of events. But then you realize, okay, day one, I did it. Day two, it's just little steps at a time. So I think a lot of prayer and a lot of say, you know what, no matter what, we can't let it fail. And if you just take it day by day, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, like you said, fear is an illusion because we always look at fear as the big thing. But you can start to diminish fear by just doing small things, you know, F-E-A-R, you know, eliminate the F first, mm -hmm. then eliminate the E, then eliminate the A and the R, you know, and then next thing you know, you, a year later, we're still successful yeah. and mm -hmm. we did it what? and we're doing it and we're going to do more, mm -hmm. you know, and it, that if you can get past fear, you get so much stronger and you're like, all right. I got this. I can do this. You know, it builds confidence. Yes. Tell us about the school and what's the difference between like the, the traditional school, the public school and the monastery school. Yeah. So maybe we can go back and forth on this. So one of the things that I really like about um, uh, the Montessori school, and I want to say this for all our parents watching, there is no homework. Ooh. There's no test and there's no grades. Oh my. <laughs> so you may think like, oh my gosh, what are these children learning or how are they learning? Oh, they learning. Yeah, they definitely are. So <laughs> the difference is that I would start with a traditional school. The teacher stands at the front of the class and they kind of lecture to the students. Everybody has to stay on the same uh, schedule at the same time. Whereas Montessori is more child focused and the teacher walks around the class and they observe the students. Based on the students' progression, they'll provide them with a particular lesson. So kind of piggybacking off what, what he says, um, when you're in a traditional in a traditional classroom setting, everybody has to learn the exact same thing at the exact same time. And when you go to a Montessori, you're you're giving what they call a work cycle, where the children, like if it was a child's first day, they go in and then they they're looking around, they see all of these different materials, and they grab something and you know they start working on it. And then what the teacher does, she does doesn't say a word they let the child find where their interests are mm. and we hone in on that. And you'd be surprised, children, another thing, children learn in different ways. So, you know, in a traditional setting, you have to, you have to hit certain benchmarks. Every child mm. has to hit certain benchmarks. And if you don't hit that benchmark, then something, something must be wrong. Whereas in Montessori, we don't look at benchmarks. We look at what are you interested in? And that's, okay, if you're not interested in that, or we add on to it. And if you're not ready for that, then we divert and do something else. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many, there's so many benefits and there's so many people that have came out of Montessori. Jeff Bezos being one of them, Beyonce being another one, wow. P. Diddy being another one. There's so many you know, people that have came from Montessori education, but you, you wouldn't just, you would never know. 
And then I think just to add on that, because we're kind of going back and forth, uh, Steph Curry went to Montessori and his parents, or mother, actually still owns and operates her Montessori today. Wow. Um, another big difference is in a Montessori classroom, they have uh, mixed age groups. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be one to three would be in one uh, classroom and then three to six in another classroom and, and so on. And the reason why they do that is the older child becomes like a mentor or a leader to the younger child. So they'll show them how to do certain um, um, materials is what they call them are, are and then also the younger child gets to see you know what they'll be doing at an older age um, so I mean we can probably go on and on there's a bunch of differences but the biggest difference is they're teaching them practical life skills like how to button a t-shirt they have what's called jobs uh, in the classroom where maybe they have to wash the dishes or they have to do we have a family of the week where each child and their parents take the laundry home and then they have to do the laundry and they have to come back and they have to fold it in class so these are things that you can use when you're older and we're teaching them to two-year-olds and three-year-olds and I mean you just see it's so amazing to see these little kids uh, or little young children or young adults is yes, how we teach them because exactly. that's what Maria Montessori did um, for so long um, society you know kind of ignored children they were like oh they're too young they can't learn yes, this so right. that was where Maria Montessori found her niche was in that zero to six age group and that's what she found out what she calls uh, humans have what's called an absorbent mind mm. during that time we are like sponges we pick up everything I mean you learn how to walk from another hum uh, human being or an adult you learn how to talk from a human being you know you learn everything through some form of like osmosis or observation and Maria Montessori really honed in on that so again she teaches them practical life skills and what I learned love is she teaches them to become lifelong learners yes. and like we mentioned some of the people you just go on and excel in life mm -hmm. they're unlocking their inner genius because uh, yes. they're allowing the, their spirit to be led exactly you know, like I feel like public school system is not doing enough justice for us to be leaders they want us they're teaching us to be followers right mm -hmm. so exactly amazing yeah I I when I learned about this you know the Montessori curriculum it was I was my mind was blown <laughs> I and every time I go into a classroom I think one thing I love to do is I love to watch this, the children have lunch because they go in and um, yeah. like we have an infant classroom and before the infant classroom leaves they're drinking out of a glass there you know we, they will pour the milk and then they'll grab it and then they learn how to drink it and that's that's helping with their you know hand-eye coordination and fine motor skills and fine motor skills yes and then they go into the the toddler classroom and again they're all mixed age groups and they watch the other children they watch what they're doing and these toddlers are grabbing they're getting their lunches they're grabbing their own lunch and then they're setting their own tray, trays and their, their table and then they eat and you know, then they, they put their food away. And these young children are observing this and then they do the same and the cycle repeats itself at every age. And what I really, I love so many things, so I'm gonna say what I really love. <laughs> what I really love is that it's a kind environment mm, it's it's a, it's such a kind environment we rarely have it's so rare that we have an incident of someone not wanting to share because they they just yeah. do it because it's mixed age groups a lot of times those older kids you know they'll show them how to share and then as the child progresses then guess what they're going to do to the ones that are you know younger than them 
so the cycle kind of repeats itself over and over but after everything we mentioned where's the teacher right right yeah where's the teacher it's, a, it's almost it's a it's almost like a child-led classroom yeah you know, the, they follow the child as kind of real Montessori's yeah. philosophy they only intervene when necessary and obviously they, they give lessons but we have um in our primary, which is our three to six age group, there, I mean, they know how to spell in that classroom. Obviously they can read. Math. They're doing, wow. you know, they're doing three digit um, addition problems. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just. Some of them are doing multiplication. Some are doing multiplication. Advance, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Montessori, I'm biased, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Montessori is is the way to go. The way to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and for the record, there are actually um, clinical studies and scientific studies where they would take, you know, your top private school and obviously public schools, and then they'll take Montessori and they'll put them in those. Um, what are they called? Comprehensive tests? Mm -hmm. uh, they would put them in an assessment test and Montessori children have always outpaced them. And there are studies out there, so you know you can do the do yeah, the due diligence. Google it. Yeah, yeah Google yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is just such an incredible impact that you guys are leaving and leading us towards because it has shifted my perspective. I have never even heard about how the kids have so much responsibility can be led by themselves and I think if we allow children to yes. follow their own intuition, it, the world will be in much better place. Oh, agreed. Yeah, agree. And I think that's what we want to do. I really feel like this is extremely purposeful work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the goals that me and Najee have is it doesn't stop at this one school. Mm -hmm. This is this is just the beginning and getting it out to the black community who are not as aware We're of Montessori, yeah, of, of Montessori education and how empowering it can be. It it helps at home. Mm -hmm. It helps it helps inside the home as well and it really produces strong leaders. Yes. Really produce and you know how we were, I mean, I I had a I had an amazing upbringing. You know, my parents taught me amazing lessons in life and you know that's why I am who I am today because of them but I would imagine I'm, I'm so curious of where I could have been had I went to a Montessori school and got that philosophy Great. it starts it starts at our youth it starts when you come out mm -hmm. you know and it's not us being told what to do because in the traditional settings you're you are told what to do okay you have this exactly. assignment today you have this you have this you have that no, we at Montessori School, we're, we're training them to be leaders. Yes. What do you, you tell me yes. as the guide or as a Montessori teacher, we call them guides. You wow. tell me what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kids know. I feel like right when they come out the womb, they know who they are. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, a lot of people are unconscious and telling kids what they should be. We're brainwashed. Brainwashed. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Like said, we're sponges early on. So mm -hmm. we're in a toxic environment. Kids are picking that up mm -hmm. already. Yeah, my husband's notorious for giving kids, our kids, options oh yes yeah yeah like, sure. so you tell like what is it that you want to do and that was new for me but he was more <laughs> familiar with the Montessori curriculum yeah. than I was at the time so yeah I was what, what do you mean right ask him 
ask them uh, this or that. No, it's this. You know, that's, that's how, how we, we were raised. Yeah, yeah, that's how we were raised. Exactly. But and no. To be followers. To be followers. Now and, you're teaching them to be leaders. Yeah, you be leaders from a young age. And you know what that builds? It builds confidence. Yes, it does. And you want to have, and it, another word that I love is decisiveness. Mm. I think Montessori teaches kids decisiveness at a very young age. So when you go in, you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you weighed out options because there's so many options around you, but we're not going to choose for you. Right. You have to choose what's best for you. Oh, yeah. That's them learning themselves. Exactly. Then it goes to loving themselves. It's just like a ripple pattern of yeah. being successful in this life because a lot of people lack life skills. Agreed. And now them teaching at a, such a young, youthful age, these life skills is so impactful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate you guys so much for joining us and just sharing this story. If you guys would just leave us off with something encouraging about the impact that you guys are leaving to the community, I would love that. You want me to go first? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think I would say there's a, uh, a few things. I'm, how about this? I'm a love person, so I'll, I'll, I'll go back to, yeah, I'll go back to relationships. Uh, what I would love to encourage is I would love to encourage um, having the ability to set your foundation on the right track, even if you have to start over. But learn how to be kind. I think that's the first thing. Be kind to yourself. Forgive yourself and forgive others and love really makes the world a better place I, I can't I can't say that enough but be kind to each other forgive one another and love each other over and over and over again a new slate like we got a new slate every day <laughs> yes yes like yesterday whoo baby but I still love you. I love you. I love you. I love you because I love you for everything that you have done before. Yes. You know, and I don't love you for, I love you for your wrongs too. I love you for your wrongs. I love you for what you do right. You love people past their pain, you know, past things that they may have done to you. It's just, you know, to me, it, it's so, I really believe that's one of the reasons why God placed us here. We were meant to go through trials and tribulations and in different storms, but learn to love past it. Love is your, is your strongest weapon. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my two cents. That's that unconditional love you got going on right there. A little bit, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so my encouraging word probably would come from education. I'm going to use Ooh, this time to yeah, speak about education. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> I can say education is truly the thing that sets humans apart. It's not how tall you are, how fast you are, how strong you are. It's, you know, it, it's your education and how you think. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that I actually uh, coined is change the way you think and you'll change the way you live. Ooh. And I think that one of the ways to do that is you have to educate yourself on new things. Um, Real quick, bringing back up Montessori, I come from one of the most challenging cities and neighborhoods, which is Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we all know that the murder rate and kind of gun violence there is really, really bad. But Montessori, as, as an example, 
what they're doing with those kids is they're teaching them respect for each other. They have these little mats that they put out when they're working on their material. And if another child is working on their on their mat, you're not allowed to, uh, uh, um, what's the word, come into their space and you have to walk around. But that's teaching at a very young age respect for the, for the, other, for the other child or for the other person. If we instill that, for example, in, in, in people in Chicago or all over the country, I would imagine gun rate would go down. I don't think you would kill someone, you know, if you respected them. So uh, kind of wrapping it up, I, um, I think that education is what uh, helps you stand out. Again, coming from those neighborhoods for a very long time, I was stuck in that vicious cycle, you know, of, of having challenge after challenge, and I couldn't figure out why. And I like to tell my kids that I'm in the 18th grade. And what I mean by that is uh, I went to traditional school, 12th grade, but then I have a bachelor's degree, so that was another four years. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a master's degree, so that was another two years. So I added six years on top of it, so I'm in the 18th grade. But that education has allowed me to open up what I know everyone's greatest strength is, which is their brain. Yes. You know, your best tool that you, that God has given you is your brain. It's the only thing that separates us from, you know, a very strong lion. It's our brain that makes us stronger and smarter than a lion or even a huge elephant. You know, the mm -hmm. thing that separates us is our brain. So uh, once you educate yourself on a whole multitude of things from love, I had to educate myself on that and say, you know what? Love is good. For the last 16 years I've been doing it and it has worked great for me. I wish I would have found out earlier. You know, and I also educated myself on finance and business and networking with people and a whole bunch of things. But I think that uh, if I could encourage anyone to do anything it would be to educate yourself more and uh, find out all that the world has to offer Thank you, family, so much for sharing this lovely story. It has impacted my life, and I know it's going to impact so many others. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. My pleasure. 